As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. And needless to say, the 2023 trading deadline will be remembered uh, here in these parts, because the Washington Commanders were the story of the NFL on Tuesday. I guess you could say that the San Francisco 49ers acquiring Chase Young or the Chicago Bears acquiring Montez Sweat were the headliners in a sense because they're going there. But the Washington Commanders choosing to effectively pivot, right, from this, hey, we're going to to get we're going to get this season on track we're going to make the playoffs this year all these kinds of things and and more maybe even more than that that the defensive line that we've been talking about forever as the and legitimately the the positional face of the franchise this is what people would say hey you're playing washington look out for that line half of that line is now gone uh, we're going to talk about all of it why did they move on from chase young why they didn't really want to move on from Montez Sweat, but decided they kind of had no choice. What does this say about Ron Rivera and Josh Harris's relationship? We'll do all that with uh, Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post. Uh, we'll do that. Uh, we'll get to that in a few moments. A um, lot to get into. And uh, Nikki and I, I think went through pretty much everything for sure. But make, uh, make sure you also read my work on The Athletic. Multiple stories up today. Uh, we had a breaking news story on both individually the young and sweat uh, move in addition to a story that I'll have up uh, by the time you hear this most likely on why why it all happened what 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 were the the, the changes the breaking points why things got done so check the athletic out for that follow me on Twitter at Ben Standig and of course hit subscribe. For this podcast, if you missed it, Grant Paulson and I did a breakdown of everything that happened on Sunday uh, in the loss to the Eagles, and I'll have more podcasts, I presume, this week. It's only Tuesday, after all. It feels like it's next week, if already, but it's only Tuesday. Um, all right, so I don't want to step on everything we just discussed too, too much, but needless to say, pretty momentous day for the Commanders, and it's one that felt inevitable for a while. I don't know at what point I started telling everybody here and writing about the um, why they were going to have to eventually trade 
one of these defensive linemen that you couldn't pay all four second for them hefty second contracts. The only way you could is if they were killing it. If the Washington Commanders had a defensive line, I mean they don't have, they never had a nickname, right? <laughs> no, no uh, fearsome foursome or purple people eaters or any of that stuff. Steel curtain. They didn't have a nickname, and I'm not saying that having a nickname is the end all be all. I just mean the praise was always more for the individuals than the collective effort. And, you know, look, last year, this defense was a top 10 defense in numerous categories. And this year it has just gotten progressively worse week over week. The fact that it felt like it was even improved in the first half last week against the Eagles in a game in which they almost gave up 38 points says a lot about where this team has been. And therefore change seemed to be inevitable because it was no, what's the justification for, um, you know, keeping them all. The, the way the day went for me, though, I, look, I've been writing and talking about, a lot about Montez Sweat the last few days, and obviously that part happened. Washington gets a second-round pick from the Chicago Bears. If I say a high second-round pick, I mean, we don't know definitively where it's going to be, but the Bears currently would have the third pick in the NFL draft, so their second-round pick would correspond to that. I don't think we're going to expect the Bears to go on some crazy run here. So this should be a pick at a minimum, somewhere in the top 10 of the second round. And my understanding from Washington's perspective is, look, I don't really want to trade Montez Sweat. We'd like to keep him, but the the value became too good and they decided they needed to move on. Um, I had been hearing, you know, as I've been telling you guys in writing that that's where interest was. Uh, there was a team I mentioned offered a third round pick that could turn into a second if, um, if if Sweat negotiated a long-term deal, that was the Falcons. Um, you probably figured it out. I was saying that, but I was trying to be a little coy. Anyway, but other teams were were, were, were were taking a look at these guys. San Francisco was one of the teams I definitely heard about. And they decided to go for Chase Young. Now, they gave up a third-round pick. What's interesting from the 49ers' perspective is, well, the Bears is clearly they're going to sign Sweat to an extension. Hasn't been said yet, but that's going to happen. There's no logical reason for them to give a rental to, 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 to trade for a rental for a team that's at the bottom of the league. And they have a ton of cap space too. So that seems inevitable. I, I mean, unless sweat like refuses or something. So, but in the case of the Niners, I think the Niners may just view chase young as a rental and, you know, the compensatory pick game, I don't know what the Niners cap situation is, but they constantly are, signing up people with a lot of money. So they may not have the money to go out and sign in free agency players that would cancel out a compensatory pick should they let Chase Young leave or he signs with another team. So the Niners may very well be looking at this as a rental. And if you say, well, why didn't Washington just do that? Well, as we've discussed, Washington's situation is a bit different. The Again, the compensatory pick, one, it would come in 2025, not 2024. Uh, and two... The, um, it's not a guarantee that that it comes in. If you're a team that's going to spend a lot of money for agency, you may sign enough players to cancel that out. Washington's a team with 90 million in cap space. They would likely cancel that out if they spend money, and I imagine that they will. So this locked in 
picks. And now they have five picks in the first three rounds. That's pretty fun for your guy who likes to do mock draft. Just saying. And nine picks overall. You combine that with the 90 million. That's a lot of, that's a lot of room to roam there for a new owner wanting to probably, you know, reset, reshape, rehash this, this team. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of room for Washington next year to play with, and look, I think like I said I think Chase I think Chase uh, sorry Montez Sweat would have been in their plans. Chase Young, a different story, and I wrote about this. You can find it in multiple stories I have up on the Athletic. But for you know for those of you who for whatever the reason have just decided not to be part of the Athletic for shame, um, <laughs> l- l- let me let me tell you what I was told. Um, by a, a, a team source. Long story short, for reasons in terms of his on-the-field discipline, some durability questions following this knee injury, they're ultimately viewing this as, quote, addition by subtraction. Um, that quote got some play on Twitter. It's obviously a pretty damning quote. But I get it. Nikki and I talked about that some more. So, you know, I think for Washington, it's a pretty jarring situation to go from these four defensive linemen down to two. Both ends are gone. By the way, I'll remind you, we talked a lot about in the lead up to the draft last year that my belief was that they had some interest in Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa defensive end who ended up getting picked a few picks earlier by Green Bay. And, you know, it was sort of like, well, wait, what's going on here? Why would they do that? Then remember, it wasn't just Young and Sweat who were free agents this year, the top five defensive ends were all free agents um but also i think the chase young thing i think was this wasn't spur of the moment again they they reject they declined his fifth year player option i think they were i think they believed that this would be going in the direction that this went unless he just completely you know recovered and turned into the dynamo that everybody thought he might be as the number two pick but that didn't happen even though he played better this year so um yeah, it's uh, it's it's really a stunning move. We're going to be, I'm talking to you on Tuesday. Wednesday, we'll be back in Ashburn. We'll talk to Ron Rivera and the players, and it's going to be really weird to go into that locker room. Um, you know, I did a story earlier in the year about how the camaraderie in that room really kind of kept them together last year um, through all the ups and downs, through all the Snyder stuff, everything else, that their bond with each other really mattered and how – there were two pockets of the room that were the loudest. One part was the defensive backs. And then there was the defensive linemen. And, and you know, they're just kind of going after each other all the time. Tressway gave so his lockers right by there. Gave me some great quotes. He said it was like watching, you know, the Jerry Springer show every, every, uh, every day. And now two of the latter voices are gone, particularly Montez Sweat was certainly um, at times a, one of the latter ones on the field, you hear him trash talk, things like that. Chase Young was kind of always like in his own world. Um, you know, even this past few days when we were asking him and Sweat, what well, kind of what do you think? What do you think about what's about to happen here? Might happen here. And Sweat's like, hey, look, you try not to think about it, but it's pretty hard not to. I've enjoyed my time here. It was a past tense enjoyed. It was kind of a tip off among the tip offs that something might happen. But he easily seemed to be on the plane that most of us would be in when you're when when this when your life could be upended in this way. Whereas like Chase Young was talking about um nothing bothers him. He's just chilling. But like he's like he was 
he was not living in a world where any of this might happen or that if or if he acknowledged that it could happen didn't seem to mind one way or the other he is of course the local kid and he said he wanted to be in washington but you know they're they're two different people i'm not saying that that's a negative on chase i'm just saying that um you know sweat was a little more grounded um and look chase is 24 but a young 24 it feels like in any event it feels weird to think that the guy who was the number two pick in the draft who immediately became a face of the franchise i don't know how many people out there have chase young jerseys not saying to throw them out i'm just saying it's going to be a little bit weirder now next time you wear it to a game or the sports bar or whatever that that guy's not here anymore um you still have a lot of good pieces you still have John Allen and Deron Payne. You still have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Brian Robinson and Benjamin St. Just. And depending on what you think of Jamin Davis or how Emmanuel Forbes or Quan Martin might um, eventually develop. And we can kind of go through the list. And of course, Sam Howell. I'm not saying that's a core of a Super Bowl team, but I am saying that for the 90 million in cap space they have, and even after trading Sweat and Young, they still have a lot of good pieces and we'll see about re-signing cam curl and kendall fuller and others but if they're smart whoever is making the calls i you know i I, hard for me to think that ron rivera will be at a minimum be in charge of personnel and may very likely no longer be the coach after this season but if with some right moves and especially if sam howe develops you know they could be pretty interesting on paper at least we've also thought they could be interesting in other years on paper and that just hasn't happened. They're heading towards um, another non-winning record. Um, and that's got to change. But that's the thing with Josh Harris coming in and all this cap space and now more picks. You know, I think there's a pretty good opportunity for the new guys to come in and reshape this whole thing however they want. Um, all right. We'll have more to talk about this week. Again, I'll be out in Ashburn on Wednesday to hear from Rivera and the players and their reaction to everything that went down. But before we get to any of that, as I said, Nikki Jabala joined me just a little bit ago. Always a fun time to chat with Nikki at Nikki Jabala on Twitter. So let's do that right now. Um, My uh, busy day, busy, busy, busy day in Ashburn. We get through it all and we'll do it here on the standard groom only podcast. All right, you know, there it's uh, it's always good when you cash in a coupon on the perfect day, and no better day to cash in a coupon to have Nikki Javala from the Washington Post on the podcast. I mean, most trade days are kind of eh, not this one, not this one. This one's going to be remembered for Montez Sweat and Chase Young being traded. Uh, Nikki, of course, at Nikki Javala, J H A B V A L A, get that right? Um, on Twitter, um. Yeah. Wow, what a day. I think we both were sensing, predicting, reporting that one would likely be gone and Montez Sweat seemed to be the likely one. Mm-hmm. Then it's like it's like they tell the parent, you're about to have a kid. Oh, wait, it's twins? What? Um, <laughs> Chase Young goes, how surprised were you when both of them happened? Um, I'd say a little surprised. Um, you know, I think... Th- Either or both being moved was a real possibility. I mean, long before Josh Harris arrived, right? When they when they gave Deron Payne that four years, $90 million, it was, all right, well, they can't keep all four. You'd think they'd keep three um, and have to part with one. So, yeah, it was a little – the Chase Young one was a little surprising, but knowing his history here, 
um, knowing how they've fared without them. And granted, you know, our, our, the small sample size we have of them playing without them is, you know, with Montez on the other side. I, I think it was maybe inevitable in hindsight, but hindsight maybe is 2020. Um, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a huge day to, to part with, you know, your two star edge rushers. Um, they're lucky in that they have two star defensive tackles, but that's a, there are so many layers to that and that it's, you know, not just a, in itself, a major move or major moves, but kind of signals where this franchise is right now. And that's very much in transition or rebuilding or whatever R word you want to designate. Um, that's where they are. Um, Resetting. <laughs> yes. I think in the story I just filed, I did whether they want to call it a rebuild or refresh or worry, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, a reheat. It's uh it's definitely different. Um, I'm going to do my best to stay on track here. Let's stay with Chase Young since the, we kind of started there. Cause that was, like I said, I, we, you know, we were both reporting sweat seemed to be likely to go. There were some offers, things like that. And then as the day built, was most of the talk, at least that I heard, was just Montez sweat this, Montez sweat that. But Chase yep. Young sort of lingering in the background. Right. Then he gets traded for a third round pick to San Francisco. Um, I think the Chase Young value part, there's two different view. There's two different viewpoints. There's the viewpoint of anybody who's not covering this team, who doesn't live here, who doesn't follow the team, who doesn't pay attention to the day-to-day stuff. And then there's the the guy on the poster who was the number two pick, the Ohio State guy. You know, I, it became a cottage industry online to write about why your team wants Chase Young. I think people are like, a third-round pick? Wait, why would you get rid of him for one? And two, a third doesn't seem like a lot. I actually think it's a pretty decent value for where he was at the start of the year at some credit to his improved play. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, if you had told me at any point before today that they could get a third for him, independent of Montez Sweat, I would have said, yeah, I think that's a probably pretty reasonable way to go. Yeah. I mean, I, like you, I, I thought, yeah, Montez was more likely than not to be gone. Um, and, you know, earlier in the week that from what I was told, they hadn't, received any offers for for chase at that point granted there were still you know a number of days left before the trade deadline um but you got to remember like 22 games for that knee injury he was out he missed the season opener for the stinger um he struggled at the start of 2021 it's not like he picked up right where he left off in 2020 and things were rolling like that was a bit of a struggle those first 10 games he, he still has fewer sacks yeah, in three years since he's rookie of the year, than he had that first year. Right, right. and the you know this is not all on him necessarily, but like you know the line has not played well together with all four first round picks. Um, so yeah, I think I can understand why some might think you know this is a guy that you drafted number two overall, and all you could get for him was a third round pick. What the heck? You know, and I, I, I get that. I, I think there's blame to share on that one. Um, blame on Chase for not kind of living up to that potential. Um, maybe blame on the team for not really putting in more work to develop that potential, whatever. Um, but given the injury history, um, given the team's kind of view on him, if they weren't willing to tag or sign him to a multi-year deal, a third is a good get for that. It's more than you were 
you know, you're not guaranteed a third if you let him walk in free agency. You know, you're not guaranteed a third run compensatory pick if you make a you know big signing later on. So I think it it ensures they get some draft capital. Now they have five picks in the first three rounds. Um and let's be real, it's not like teams from what we were told were lining up to trade for him. It's not like the 49ers, you know, are you know, have incidentally done a long-term deal with them. Maybe they do. I think it's possible he becomes a free agent like he was set to anyway in March. Um, so, yeah, it's it was an interesting turn. Um, it's definitely notable given his draft status initially. But I think on the whole, um, with this franchise, you know, kind of shifting focus to 2024, um, I think they did get good value in return. I mean, Yes, when you draft a guy that high, you would expect and like him to turn into the face of the franchise, the star, but that's not the reality here. Um, and yeah, let's not also forget, right? They turned down his, they declined his fifth year option before, earlier this year. I mean, which again, for those of us on the ground, not a real surprise, again, partly because they'd already paid uh, Duran Payne and John Allen. And if you gave Chase Young the fifth-year option, then it really kind of squeezes Montez Sweat out at that point. And I think not only did they prefer to give Sweat an extension, but yep. the you know the, the, yeah, then this way, in the worst case, one of them shines. They can go in that in right. that direction. Um, look, I think Chase Young's played fine this year. The stats certainly say that. Yep. But um, you know, even without Sweat. Now you're looking at having to either tag him at 21 million or potentially give him a, a, a multi-year deal for a, for a 20 something million. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but like, it's not just the production on the field and there's still lack of discipline and maturity at times in terms of sticking with the plan. That was really evident in 2021, a little less this year, but still some of that going on. Um, but look, he was also the guy who skipped a lot of the voluntary workouts, which it's voluntary. So be clear, but, Everybody else was showing up and he's yeah. projecting himself to be a team leader. And then look, I wish, I wish I had Chase Young's attitude of life of just, I'm having fun and we're going to have, have fun. But in this world, that's not always the way you need to go. And compared to some of the other guys, he didn't always seem to be as into the job as maybe others. And I think all these factors ultimately led them to say, we just need to, we just need to move on. And, Again, I I don't really blame them even after even though Sweat had been traded first, I really don't blame them. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, you know, I think I think there's more this coaching staff could have done with all players involved. Like you look at Amino Ford, I think there's more that could be done there. Um, there's a lot going on with that one too. That's a whole separate podcast. Um, but you know, you can lead a horse to water. Is basically what I'll say. Like, you know, <laughs> this is a pros. There's not handholding. Um, it'd be nice if every team put in the developmental effort that they say they do and, and really helping these guys become refined players and, you know, well-suited adults off the field, make sure they have the right people in the corner, but that's not the reality. It's not the reality in any job. Um, so, and I, I chase was a, a fine player, you know, he was productive when healthy um he certainly he didn't do anything bad it's not like that at all um you know I just think it was maybe a good time to reset completely um 
there's no denying the fact that the the defensive line with all four guys, all four uh, first round picks, it wasn't working. You know, they played well in 2020. They played well in spurts, but on the whole, they've been wildly inconsistent and the defense has not lived up to expectations at all. So at some point you got to You got to cut bait and and try, try to start over. And that's what they're doing. All right. I mean, I think we'll talk, we'll get to Montez a second. I think ultimately the overall story here is for all, and I get why people are like, Hey, you've, you've been telling us for years that this is the way to go these four guys. They're going to crush it. And by and large, they've all been good. And, that they're time is better very than good. good individually. Yeah. yeah. But to what end they're right. 31st in point defense is 31st in points allowed. And it's not on them, but they, they, they have to be better than just good to justify right. all the investment in them. And, uh, and that wasn't the case. Um, mm-hmm. Just to sort of stay on chase for a second. I didn't blame the, the organization for taking him number two, when you had to, uh, out there and Justin Herbert out there. I was, I was already, I was personally already out on the Dwayne Haskins thing at that point, rest in peace. Uh, having seen what I saw as a rookie, but Ron only came in that year. We knew Dan Snyder wanted uh, to see Haskins play out. Then COVID hit. He doesn't, you know, doesn't have a chance to even really get to be around right. Dwayne or anybody. So you don't know, but wow, that's only going to – we're already going to be hearing a lot about how that Ron Rivera, the personnel guy, has not worked out. Now that this is where – that Jason got traded, it's only going to uh, get grow yeah. that uh, hysteria louder, I think, in the coming days here. I mean, their personnel moves have been not great over the last four years. Um, this is not the reason – why like i mean there have been so many other bad moves that you don't need this one to say that they haven't had you know good personnel i guess my dogs disagree um you don't need you don't need the the chase young decision to to say that they haven't been great as personnel no for sure but like i said you know at least it got you always would always say okay but at least they got chase young and now they don't have that but they do have a third round pick as well as a second that they got from Montez Sweat. And, you know, my sense of this is they wanted to keep Montez Sweat. This was not a, these were two separate situations. They were fine with moving on from Chase Young. They didn't want to move on from Sweat. But clearly when they opened the door to the league to say, okay, we're going to listen, the Chicago Bears said, oh, we're, we're not just going to, we're not just going to talk. We're gonna deliver. We're gonna we're gonna offer you a second round pick that right now, based on our crappy record, is gonna be like a top five second round pick in the in the draft next year. And then they just decided they couldn't turn it down. You get a second round pick, so a young player under contract for four years on a rookie deal versus Montez Sweat's about to get paid twenty something million. They already had the other tackles, et cetera. So I, I well, I guess this. What what do you think? If, would you rather have them kept? sweat even if it meant giving him the extension or the deal that they made to get the second round pick you probably do you prefer that i think the second round pick that they got for him is is great i mean you look at the deal that the giants made in giving away not giving away but in trading leonard williams and that's a pro bowl player that is a quality defensive tackle now circumstances are different but i think this is going to be tough with trick-or-treaters yeah. 
Oh yeah, trigger. I I just had somebody <laughs> knock on my door a moment ago as well. Um, so yes, the, the trick or treaters are not going to do it, and your dogs are like, um, get away. Okay, I'm going to try to turn the lights off so people don't. Sorry, trick or treaters. All right. Well, while Nikki adjusts, I'll uh, uh, I'll keep talking about sweat. Uh, you know, I would just say on sweat. Look, obviously he's been a really good player over his career here. You know, he's he's on pace right now to set a career high in sacks in every year except. 2021 when he had a just personally terrible year um he's been really solid really reliable again if you know the market is defensive ends are getting paid 20 plus million dollars yep i don't know i mean if you said they they signed with that i'd say cool he's he's your guy you know him fine but like that is a lot of money and he has not you know neither one of these guys were sniffing the bosa's miles garrett levels and to that end i don't i can't say that it's the worst idea that they that they didn't extend them even though in the case of sweat again i think they wanted to and i wouldn't have objected to it um and that pick itself again who knows as as was joked on twitter washington second round picks in recent years not so hot i get we get that but i i think i think it makes sense to do that deal yeah i did yeah i agree i mean yes they did have really early preliminary discussions with him last year um, before declining Chase's fifth year option. Um, and I think of the two, if they had to pick one to extend, he would, pro- he would probably be the one that they would look to. Um, but the reality is they can't keep all four former first round picks on the starting line. And they already allocated, I think more than $43 million in cap space for next year to their two tackles. So the reality after paying Duran Payne was that they'd have to part with at least one. And Montez was the one getting the most value in return. So it made sense for them at this point. Um, and I think getting a second round, which figures to be a high second round based on how um, the bears are playing. I, 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 I think it's good value. Um, and he, I, I think anybody would probably take that deal. And I also think, I'm curious what you think. You know, look, Montez has been a no causing no problems, good guy. I think the locker room is gonna miss him for sure. But I, I'd gotten a sense over time that he wouldn't mind not so much getting out of Washington per se, but like particularly going home to Atlanta. He's from Georgia. I think that's why the Falcons deal made a lot of sense. And if he had not been traded. I don't know that they could have signed him to, to a long-term deal. I think they might've had to play the tag game and you know, we, we know how that how that's gone around here as well. So it does eliminate that level of uncertainty uh, into what's going to be a really interesting off season. So I think it's almost like they just took the bird, the bird in hand and said, we can get the second round pick. Let's not play the game of, are we going to be able to keep this guy or not next year? Um, so I, I think that had to be some factor in there as well. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. They got a they got a lot to decide. I mean, these next nine weeks will, in my mind, kind of be the calm before the storm. Um, oh yeah, today, today if, was like, today was cute relative to yeah. potentially potentially having to get a new coach, a new GM, a new front office, a new coaching staff, possibly a new quarterback, um, and then they have their own. Having ninety million in cap space is a good thing, but it's also because a chunk of your roster is going hitting the market so they have a lot to do so yeah we'll be busy send uh 
send you can send Nikki and then after coffee. the draft do they do they redo the entire personnel staff like this will be a hectic offseason i mean they usually are with washington so who are we kidding um at least it's football related we think as opposed to congressional hearings yes that's true um all right so the other part of this is not only did they actually make the moves but they actually made the moves because one big question was is ron rivera going to do this and i know when i was talking to people around the league a lot of people were like well even if i tell you i think that they're going to i don't know why they would do it if, if i'm ron because well, he's got to try to win for his job i'm air quoting that um and getting rid of these guys is not helping that cause. If he's not going to be here next year, then what does he care about picks? Mm-hmm. Totally logical. I made the argument, which everybody mostly laughed at me, that maybe his best move is to go be in line with Josh Harris's thinking, which is likely going to be the future, and go that route. And my understanding is that they were, quote-unquote, aligned on whatever they did, whether that's completely accurate or spin. Of course we'll the team say that. Yeah. That's shocking that they would say that. Shocking. Shocking, I tell you. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I mean that said, I I I think that's a really interesting part of this. And maybe it maybe it is nothing, maybe it is just he was basically told to do it, and there's no future for him beyond the season if they don't have some miraculous turnaround or something changes. But I do think it was interesting that he did do it because that to me was the big question. The way Ron talks, he's all about winning the next game. He doesn't always seem to have vision for the future, but you know, to his credit or whatever, they they did do it. Yep. It's Josh Harris's team. I mean, that's the that's the truth. Like, you know, and I don't think anybody was holding, you know, holding their hand out saying you 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 have to do this or else, but like that's the way the ownership group wanted to go. So that's the way that Ron Rivera and the staff were going to go. Um, you know, they they Ron knew they couldn't keep all four um so parting with one he he knew that was going to come to it um i don't think ron was you know pounding the table to keep chase young either so you know i i he was a aligned to the degree that it made sense you know sure he'd like to win now sure he'd like to save his job um but you know this is the way that ownership wanted to go and it makes sense for their future and Unfortunately, that you know may or may not include Ron Rivera in twenty twenty four, and I don't. Ron's not a dummy. I don't. I don't think that's that would be a surprise to him in in any fashion at this point. No, um, I don't. I, I agree. And, and look, ultimately, you know, I get it. There are fans out there who cannot stand the idea of not doing everything you can to win the next game, even if to a certain extent it's a fruit fruitless effort. I mean, what's crazy is. They are one game out of the team that's currently in seventh place that has the last wild card spot. And that team is Minnesota, who just lost Kirk Cousins for the year. They did trade today for uh, Josh Dobbs, who we saw in week one. But, you know, that's probably not going to lead them to the promised land. So you beat New England. So how about beat Seattle? Boom, you're five and four, or you're five and five, and uh, you're right there. But I think, I still think, this was the better way to go in terms of mo- looking to the future. I, I mean, this this has been the problem with this season. It's not just three and five. It's, it's just a fourth year of this. It going yes. nowhere. The defense has gotten worse since last year. Um, the irony is Sam Howell's been fine. 
but the defense has just been been awful. So overall, whether it was ultimately Josh Harris, I was joking to my editor, like instead of saying Josh Harris put his thumb on the scale, I thought maybe we were going to say he put Shaq on the scale to tip it so much towards the future. But um, yeah, I think ultimately it was the way to go, even though I get the people who are buying, who spent money on tickets are like, uh, I'd like to win, but I think this was the winning move. I agree completely. Um, you know, the, in the defense, they're the ones that have had consistency all four years. They've had the same coordinator. The scheme hasn't changed too much in that time. They've adjusted to account for their lack of talent at linebacker um, and the play of Cam Curl, but it hasn't changed that drastically. Like they've had the same players up front. They should be light years of ahead of where they are and they're not. So you got to make some changes. You know, this is uh, so many fans were clamoring for change. I mean, the, here it is, you know, and this is not going to fix everything, but it's a start and you got to start planning ahead for the future. You do. Um, l- Let's pull back a second and talk about the, f- the, the immediate future. Because there, there will still be games played. You and I are going to be uh, tasked with covering the remaining games on the schedule, no matter what any, but no matter what anybody else uh, thinks we should do. Um, so they're going to have to play a game. What do you think? Like, I, if they had only traded one, I was making an argument that you they maybe can still have their cake and eat it too. Especially if the one was Chase Young, they played. They, they were a top ten defense without him last year, right? I mean. Again, I'm not saying this was a team that was showing that we're going to turn things around, but like they could still claim to everybody, including the people in the locker room, we're still going for it. I think it's a little bit harder to do that now when you've traded two of them. That said, if you if if you view Chase Young as a liability the way I think some people do, then I don't know. Can you still get by with this? Can you can you springboard anything off of the Eagles' loss uh, or anything and say, hey, we're not giving up. We're going to keep trying. Maybe we have a shot. Would you, would you like to would you like to uh, buy into any of that Pollyanna kind of thinking, or what do you think is going to happen now? I mean, if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say the general view is that Sweat will be the bigger loss than Chase, and I mean that with all due respect to Chase, but I think just you know production alone, Sweat has been the more productive player. Um. But I do think, I do wonder actually if, you know, the defense will improve. I mean, change alone seems to have that effect on teams at times, you know, be it a head coaching change or whatever, some sort of, you know, franchise altering change like this can have a positive effect. Is it sustainable? I think if you look at the way the defensive line is played and some of the the issues that have come up in recent years, We've heard about freelancing of guys doing their job, you know, staying in their rush lane, setting the edge. I I would not be shocked if the if the line plays better, not because they necessarily have more talent, not at all. I mean, you lose Sweat and and Chase Young, like it's hard to replace those guys. But as a cohesive group, I think it's very possible they play better. You know, they they have two very good tackles inside. Um they're familiar with the reserves, assuming they go with James Smith Williams and Casey Tuhill filling in. You know, they're not, you know, all world players, but they do their job. Tuhill, for one, is decent in coverage. Um, it, it could open up more opportunities for the interior guys. Um, so I don't I don't view this as oh, the season is lost. 
I think they'll have to do the staff and Ron will have to do a good bit of messaging to make sure it doesn't come off as that. Um, but I do, I, I think this may actually help the team, you know, they need that defense to play up to its potential, um, for the sake of Sam Howell, but for the team as a whole, I, I made this point. I did somebody else's podcast earlier and I made this point. Um, I always fall back on my NBA analogies, but like when you have an NBA, when you have a basketball team, you can't have five guys. They may be really good players, but you can't have five guys who all want to score 20 points a night. You have to have somebody who's setting the picks and diving on the loose on the ground for blues balls and grabbing the rebounds and helping set up those other guys to do what they do. But in this case, they basically had four guys who wanted to score 20 points a game. And I think ultimately that caused some issues because you can't have everybody trying for that. But when you have the James Smith Williams or Casey two Hill types out there, and I'm not saying that they're equal to sweat and young, of course, from a talent perspective, but now maybe if they hold their spots, maybe now this allows Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen to do a little extra or whatever they want to do to get after the quarterback or stop the run or whatever. So it's possible they those two guys are enhanced by by the situation, even if, again, from a pure talent standpoint, um, it's not as much. I mean, look, they got other issues. They got to figure out the cornerback, uh, the, the secondary situation. You know, we can't have a manual forward going out on the field and then the other team uh, issues a Google alert saying, oh, that guy, go go there. You, you know, that can't happen. And, um, you know, we'll see what the offensive line does. What, last game was good. Yeah. So, you know, is that is that continue? Um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is as wild. I mean, after all, I mean, you and I are going to have to think of different ways to describe the team. It's always been starting with, well, they, it starts with the defensive line because they have these four first round picks and dot, dot, dot. And nope, not, 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 not anymore. So we're it, is, it is crazy to me, like how, you know, coming into the season, and I don't think we were wrong for thinking this based on what we saw, based on just simply the reality on paper. There are three th- strongest groups, D-line, receiving core, secondary. All three groups have let them down tremendously, especially in the last couple of weeks. I mean, the receivers with their drops, especially late, have cost them. Um, the defensive line has been wholly inconsistent. The secondary has been a disaster. I mean, that's they have been. Um, they were supposed to be deep and young and a group they could build around and they've just let up, you know, big play after big play. So it is, that's crazy to me. Um, the, the groups that we thought would sort of star for this team have so far been liabilities. Yeah, no, a hundred, um, a hundred percent. And, you know, they were patchworking together so many other things. Sam Howe starting with one start. Eric Bieniemy, whatever you think of him, he's he's coming into a new a new team. He's never called plays full time. He's got to figure that out. Uh, the, the offensive line, four new four new starters, and not saying those people those spots have been perfect, but that was where there were supposed to be ups and downs. Yeah. Not not with a stable group, and there have been, but maybe the the second iteration is you know, a little more, more solid, but I mean, I, I, this goes back to the, the personnel discussion. I mean, their, their first round pick benched one of their top free agent signings, Nick Gates benched. I mean, the only guy that's been signed or drafted in this regime 
over the last four years traded before his rookie contract expires. Like, I mean, the, the personnel decisions have been eye-opening. Yeah, not, not, not good. Not, not great, Bob. Uh, any final thoughts from you on uh, anything that did or didn't happen today uh, that you maybe thought would or could have happened or you wish it happened or you dreamed it happened or anything like that? I mean, I didn't, th- I didn't think they would give up Jacoby Brissett, but I was curious if, you know, a team offered a fourth, what sort of decision would that come to? But the fact, I know Albert Breer reported that they were only accept they would only take a day two pick a second or third. There's no way in hell they were getting that. And they knew that this is why they, they said it at that I'm assuming, but if they had gotten a fourth, that might be enough for me. I mean, a backup quarterback, you're not going very far this season yeah, okay, you want some insurance for Sam Howell, some mentorship, but I, I whatever, like get through the season, you know, and a fourth round pick, i take that. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. I know that, you know, uh, the mentorship thing has been discussed. You have a quarterback coach, an offensive coordinator. Yeah, the mentorship. You, you, can, you, you can go out and sign a Nick Foles to come. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, if you can get a pick for a guy who hasn't played, who's not going to play, barring injury, and you just traded away those two dudes. Like, yeah, I'm with you. I would have, I'd have moved them in eight seconds if there could be at least something, um, for sure. All right. Once again, you've uh, you've said it all at Nikki Javala on Twitter. Read her stuff in the Washington Post. And um, did you have? Did you get your co- Did you, did the coffee get you through today, or did you need like a, a refill or? A, have we explained this before you drink one cup of coffee over the course of an entire day yeah it's totally cold it's disgusting but i still it's my caffeine fix right but are you are you allowed to share how much caffeine you put in there or i mean we may have discussed this i don't know how much you put in it or will the authorities come take you away if you reveal that (laughs) i believe it's legal i mean it's just a what is this a grande a medium coffee and it's always a blonde roast because the blonde roast has more caffeine. And then I asked them to put two shots of blonde espresso in it. So it's basically like sludge. Um, Only two shots? I've cut back. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, cut back. I know. I used to get like a venti with five shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the new healthy Nikki, you know? Post-transplant, well, I got to be focused on my future. That's why I only take two shots instead of five. <laughs> right, right. No. Well, look, I'm kind of jealous. I didn't have coffee today, and it's been one of the... I meant to go out of the house early. Oh. I was going to go out of the house, and then I didn't, and then things started to happen, and then what are you going to do? Oh. Um, all right, enough of that. Uh, go, I guess I go follow Nikki, read her stuff, and, uh, you know, we'll see, if she, we'll see if she comes back on the podcast before the end of the year. I have another coupon somewhere. We'll see what happens. Thank you. you. Cash it in. All right. Um, many thanks to Nikki Jabala for her time. Thanks to everyone here for checking out the podcast, reading the stories on The Athletic, and honestly, just still giving a crap about this team. For real, for real, for real. I really appreciate it. If you've made it this far in the podcast, you are, you know, you're one of the real ones to boot. Um, that's it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Until next time, see ya.